now recording all right hi guys welcome to the game club podcast we're just a couple of friends who play a game each week and then we just sit here and talk about it my name is zoe i'm here on the east coast and on the central time zone coast thingy mabob we've got adam hello i'm from large midwestern city Exactly. Which Midwestern city? We'll never tell. There's like one big one. Exactly. The rest is just corn and and cows. Exactly. Very true. Very true. And and then over there on the West Coast, we've got uh, McCoy and Gabe. Hey, you guys. Howdy. Hey. Uh, What other personal identification can I give out? (laughs) Uh, Credit card number's good. Yeah, I'd love to give that, but... My social Actually, security number is... Yeah, I don't think I have my credit card number memorized. Do you guys have it memorized? Hell no. Credit card number? No. Huh. I just I just leave my computer to save that info for me yeah. and then pray that I never get hacked. Google hasn't memorized. <laughs> I, just, Google. I just read it every time. Yeah. Thanks, Alexa. Right? <laughs> okay. Cool. And then uh, Gabe, or not Gabe, James is out this week, so uh, we will surely miss him and all of his beautiful ad reads that he gives for us. So uh, no sponsor this week. Uh, apologies for that. But I'm just going to start out by saying that this past weekend, I ran a 5K. Nice. And yeah, and I absolutely died. Like... Of course, I'm going to complain about this, and you guys on the West Coast are going to be, like, laughing your asses off. But I was just, like, it was way too hot out. It was too muggy. I was dying. It was, like, 80 degrees. And I was, like, my little Eastern time zone heart can't take this anymore. And I just collapsed at the end. But there was wine at the end. And that's all I really want run for is wine. I feel so. like, doesn't that seem like, I like, wait, hold on. Sorry, two questions. One. I hate to be this guy, but how far is a 5K? I, people have to tell me this every time. It's like three miles. Three, miles. 3.1 miles. 3.1. Oh, okay. Very reasonable. Second, if you're collapsing at the end, probably due to exhaustion and maybe some hydration issues, is wine really a good choice? I pose to you. <laughs> well, I will, I will preface this by saying before the wine, I usually down like a whole water bottle as well as some pretzels and a banana. So it's really not like I'm going in like cold turkey there like dehydrated and like <laughs> she downs a whole wine <laughs> that makes sense one wine please. i actually i actually do that at the at the water station on the course i like you know put a i slash across my neck being like nope no water give me some wine where's the merlot give you it turn to the me. water into yes. wine mm. <laughs> mm. Exactly. where the water tastes like wine that's a game reference Wow, we're on fire tonight. Yeah, we I want to tell you why. One. <laughs> because we spent like 17 hours with audio issues now, so we, we have zero energy left. So, you know what? If you're out there listening, I don't know what I want to say to you. But yeah, just, what do you want from yeah, us? Yeah, so come on. Like, give us a yeah. chance. We, just, we suffered so um, hard for this audio quality. I finally buckled and got a mic, so I'm basically a different person now. I could have said my name was different and no one would have like noticed. Yeah, and hopefully he sounds good. And if he sounds worse, I am so sorry. I just apologize to the world. I'll um, have uh, I'll have Brandon be our uh, our litmus test, and I'll just be like, "Hey, could you understand that that was Adam talking?" And Brandon will be like, "Who?" Wow, incredibly. I'm loving this guest exposure that I'm having. 
<laughs> yeah, but but have the litmus test be next week. You know what I mean? Because I feel like yeah, yeah. This 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 is this is a question mark episode here. This is the fun stuff. We're <sighs> certainly like on our last legs at the beginning of this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we were scheduled to start recording an hour and a half ago, and I had to. My machine restarted several times. There's a Windows update in there. For a oh, brief yeah. while, I could neither hear nor speak, so that was fun. <laughs> Like, no, it wasn't my computer couldn't hear me. I was struck blind and mute and deaf. Exactly. I couldn't do anything. And eventually the auto drivers resolved themselves and here I am. You well, what you, what you, what you neglect to say, what you neglect to say, Adam, is that halfway through that we were trying to check in with you and you're like, oh yeah, I went and did other things. But yeah, I had to use the bathroom because at that okay. point we were doing this for like, we, we had spent like 45 minutes on this. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Wait, you don't have like one of those like bottles by your desk for like gaming sessions? Oh, Jesus. That... What? Yeah, Adam the pro gamer. Yeah. I'm just saying like WoW raids. Well, sorry, Final Fantasy raids must be long, right? While you're doing all those choreographed dances, don't you need to like... They actually... Really so that was actually a big problem in Final Fantasy XI. Uh, there was one like Uber boss that... Uh, so Absolute Virtue was um, uh, an Uber boss that uh, the correct way to beat it, which no one ever actually figured out, took 18 hours to complete. Um, oh my god! I, I think it was that, uh, but some like when it first came out, a number of like you know two hundred players in a yield or something like that spent like two consecutive days wailing on it, getting no progress whatsoever. Um, so they got some bad press for that, and then changed things. Just like we're going to get some bad press for this intro and change things, right? We're not going to change things, anything. though. We're not going to yeah. change things. You won't edit this. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're all on the same page. There we go. Yeah. You know, it's it's all just about the, you know, universal agreement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck the haters. And those haters are them, the out group. And us, the in group, are rad. Right? Hey, Should I didn't know this is a political us. podcast. No, that's just how humans work. Um, okay, cool. Right. Should we yeah, jump into so this thing? This, yeah, let's jump into this thing. This week we... Uh, Decided that we were too disappointed with the end of Bioshock last week, so I gleefully came up with the solution that, you know, let's just play Bioshock Infinite. So, sure enough, here we are, Bioshock Infinite. It is the, um, not the sequel to Bioshock, it is actually the third game of the franchise, and it was released back in 2013, um, and... I am assuming that this episode is going to be a lot of comparing and contrasting. Um, we only played up to, uh, just for reference, we only played up to the Finkton docks. But everything up until then, you know, there's a lot I think we need to unpack here with this game. Um, and I think, you know, just going... Going into Bioshock Infinite directly from Bioshock, it's actually quite the eye-opener. I mean, like, for one thing, for me, a struggle I didn't even realize was that the loot button in Infinite is F, while the loot button in Bioshock is E. Ooh. Yeah, I, I really struggled with that a <laughs> lot all of a sudden. I didn't even notice. I, yeah. I was just going to oh, say... I struggled with it. Like, I mean, first two questions. Wait, first of all, we didn't play Bioshock 2? Like... <laughs> I mean, could, what, what they made a Bioshock 2? 
Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, but what? but the other what thing I would say speak of <laughs> is welcome to to PC gaming. I know you've already PC gamed plenty, but it's just that like, dude, I swear the first thing I do in every new game is I rebind everything. Everything. Yeah. I have zero opinion of what they think the optimal setup is. I know what feels right to me, and I'm going straight for it. So yeah. what keeps getting me is that like uh, iron sights in this game is middle mouse or z and right click is explode crows at your enemies so like i'm sometimes walking around i'm like i want to get a closer look at that thing and then suddenly there's crows fucking everywhere yeah i rebound that immediately but even if you rebind that though it's annoying as hell because it's not it's uh exclusively toggle as opposed to hold or i don't know what the difference you know what i'm saying it's a it's a cardinal sin mccoy like as in you can't hold down the right click to do the aim and then let go of it to pull out of the scope right which is like every other game i've ever played in my life yeah it's brutal yeah and also so i i looked around on some forums and everything of people being like hey is there is there a fix to this like is there a mod you can get to change this and i think there was like some cases where you could do some janky workarounds for that but i found out people were just like oh don't even bother it's the same accuracy just firing from the hip that's sure what enough, I've been I was like, oh look on. at that <laughs> yeah. oh shit yeah you the only yeah, one I really feel like i i hardly ever use toggle sights to actually shoot i only use it to look at things more closely which is interesting yeah, like, sniper. back in the days of bioshock one right you didn't have oh, we're getting straight into the contrasting comparing stuff um in bioshock one you didn't have iron sights at all like nothing head scopes okay wait, hold on pause with that i agree with this however i saw a let's play where someone aimed down sights in bioshock and i was like what the fuck did i just see wait hold did on. anyone fucking yeah. excuse me yeah, I, Wait, like, I was literally floored. Like, what? They took the SMG and just looked down the sights, and I was like, what am I watching? Like, is this even the same universe? Like, am, am I high? Like, I saw that for sure. Okay, I'm going to look this up. Like, it freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, that's very strange. Uh, well, in any case, none of us played it that way, and I don't remember playing it that way in the first place, so let's pretend it doesn't exist. Truthiness. Okay. Um, That's what I do about things I don't like. Okay, go on. I mean, if you look back at like the really old games, right? Like Doom and and its predecessors or immediate predecessors, I should say. Like Iron Sights didn't come onto the scene until later. Um, so like Iron Sights are not, were never an assumption, and they kind of became an assumption eventually. Um, and so that may have been the difference between two thousand and seven, two thousand thirteen. Um, like maybe some things came out of the scene that said, okay, you really need to have iron sights in your games because it's 2013 and people will complain if you don't, but they like didn't really want to make a game with that and just decided to make it a nice button you could press to feel good. I'm making things up. Well, but no, but definitely. And all I'll say is that by the way, it's funny because I I know one of the conversations we're going to have or potentially we're having right now is that the shooting is better in this game. And that's all well and good and it is better. It's a step forward. But when when people say, "Dude, you can aim down an iron sights." Like that's what makes the shooting better or that's a part of what makes the shooting better. It is. But to be honest, from a person who plays shooters, it's like I'm not interested in iron sights. I'm interested in red dots and scopes and fucking all sorts of that other shit. I fucking <laughs> hate iron sights, dude. They suck. Like, that doesn't make me happy to use those things. Dude, I'm an iron sight purist. Are you really? Oh, dude, it's so good. I didn't know they existed. <laughs> Why do you fucking like iron sights? You can't see shit. It depends I on mean, the gun. I mean, I will yes. say, like, the, the indicator on this gun for shooting compared to Bioshock, I think, like, Bioshock just had, like, literally, like, 
the tiniest dot that you could use as a target. Whereas here, it's more of like a like an actual scope, no matter the gun that you're using, um, to kind of give you an idea of where exactly you're shooting. Um, yeah. And yeah, there's just something about the the guns here that just feels so much more powerful than Bioshock. And I was trying to think about it, and I'm just like, is it the fact that like you do have those those sight lines to help you feel like your shots are more accurate? Is it the metallic sound that kind of makes it just feel like your bullets kind of pack more of a punch, whereas like Bioshock had more of the little like like light kind of sounding like yeah. thumps um like i really don't know why it just feels more powerful but like especially through where we played you know you eventually get the carbine rifle which like yeah. my god i love the carbine so oh, much yeah. and just that that gun really feels like it packs a punch with it and every time i shoot with it i just feel like i get a headshot every single time Whereas in Bioshock, it's like you feel like you're aiming for the head with the pistol and then it goes like, poo, and you're like, oh, no, hit their belly. Okay, sorry. Okay, poo, poo, poo. Okay, damn it. All right, like vigor or not vigor, <laughs> plasmid in that plasmid, case. But right. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the guns definitely do feel more powerful and I feel like they're maybe a little bit more. Um, well, one thing that I find very interesting is the kind of switch between vigors and, well, I'm just going to call them superpowers to lump plasmids and vigors together. Um, cause the, why did they change the name? I guess they kind of had to for reasons, but it, whatever. So superpowers oh, they, versus they didn't have firearms. to for reasons. They did not have to for reasons. I just like, I, I too am super puzzled by that. And they could have absolutely written in the same thing, right? Well, the thing is uh, that like plasmids were invented by Fontaine Futuristics and yeah. Bioshock as some revolutionary thing. And haha, just kidding. 50 years earlier, some nerds in the sky had them. So uh, unclear. Um, huh. Okay. Right. Which then? Okay. I was gonna say it begs the question of whether Bioshock is canon to Bioshock Infinite or not. Like whether they exist in the same universe or not. But that that's a whole different can of worms that we're gonna maybe talk about later yeah. in the yeah. game. And before yeah. we get there, I would like to just pause at why I think the guns are feel better. Because I think there's a couple of factors. I think one is that the enemies respond to taking bullets differently. And I think that's the key to me. Like, I mean, yes, there's a lot. And I think it's like coupled with a lot more recoil and and a lot more power to the weapons. So it's like recoil, like makes it so like it feels like this gun's getting out of control. Or when you shoot that carbine, it flicks up and in the air. Um, they're also a lot more accurate. So you actually can hit the things, which I, is just such a silly development to look back in games history and be like, wow, then they decided to make guns accurate. It's like, wh what were you thinking when you designed them not <laughs> to be accurate? You had to do that. You had to physically code in inaccuracy because it was started by just, is this lined up? Yes, no. You know what was um, always accurate? What? The wrench. The wrench. Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> just but here's wrench. what I'm saying. No, but here's what I'm saying, right? It's like when you use, the, I think the SMG is a really good example of this. Yes, it's so much better in this game. It's so much better. But what you can do is you can hold an angle, like straight Counter-Strike style. You hold an angle, you know someone's coming in, and you hit them, and they immediately stumble. They basically they almost fall over because the, the impact of the bullet is so powerful that they stumble and you have to like follow them down to execute them. And that just like, it feels so much more powerful. Like you feel like if I landed the first strike on you, I have got you in a position where I can incapacitate you all the way till death. If I do the aim correctly. And that is so different than Bioshock 
where so like they Bioshock... basically didn't respond. Yeah, did they respond at all? Like I can't recall them responding except for like if you got them on fire or something like that. Um, I hardly ever knew if Bioshock's enemies actually died or not because there would be some times where they'd stumble but then they'd like write themselves up and start shooting again or they'd stumble and fall but it was like almost the same animation where like you would shoot and then you kind of have to pause and be like oh oh, oh, did i did i get you did i get you oh no 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 i didn't i didn't okay okay we're going whereas like yeah here i think another key thing though that is a difference is that here in Infinite, when you kill an enemy, I don't know if you guys noticed, but there's kind of like a bass drum like hit yeah. in the background. Yes. It's kind of like boom it's- every time somebody goes down. And it's kind of this like unconscious like key or like or this unconscious, um, you know, just this uh, connotation that like this guy's down, move on. I'm going to touch and on that I, point that again really later because that had some interesting stuff where they first introduced it. Um hmm. I mean, I could just get into it now, but I think I feel like we're kind of still talking about the mechanics and the combat. Um, so I guess just remember that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I yeah, and I, I think. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, yeah, no, I I was just gonna say that. I guess this is it, it's just that um the shooting itself is better in this game, and it's it's better by a lot in a number of different ways, but I still don't think that the actual gunfights and the arrangement and the pacing with which that shooting is facilitated is necessarily amazing. And I think that is ultimately one of the contributions to the downfall of this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's miles better than Bioshock 1, but I still would not say it's a, an amazing first-person shooter. Yeah. Um, it does... It's, it, the mechanics do still feel a little clunky. I mean, comparatively to like what we're facing with now where, you know, there's kind of a, there's definitely an oversaturation of the market. And in general, a lot of them do kind of feel the same, but it's, it's noticeable going back to this game that was, that's now six years old. Um, and just seeing it's, it's a little bit kind of clunkier feeling. Yeah. And I think they really highlight that with their combat design in the sense of like, Small story beat, 20 enemies. Small story beat, 20 enemies. Yeah. Small story beat, 20 more enemies. And it's like they do little bits of varying. And the story, I think, is which we'll hopefully we'll get into, uh, is very interesting. And I think it's very valid. And they have a number of things about this game that are really awesome. And even to this day are really fucking awesome. But the shooting itself is a lot of like, okay, this is better. Yeah. But I don't know if it's necessarily good so still. Going to the, the 20 enemies remark. Um, and this is from just kind of like a design standpoint uh, related to combat. Do you like it where you can see like their health bars above each individual enemy, like more so than the case where Bioshock like had to look at them and then their health bar would like display hmm. like upper center of your screen? Hmm. I personally like that. Yeah, me too. Um, it, it really annoyed me with Bioshock that I could never really truly like I think there's like a meter that kind of shows but it's very faint or like very thin and so it's very hard to actually notice um there's just something very um i i guess just something very rewarding when you see a health bar and you do a perfect headshot and you see that health bar go down to like maybe one percent health or something like that or i actually headshots do yeah headshots do like a whole like i don't know there's something that's very 
very fulfilling about seeing a health bar go down. And I think that goes to, goes to with any game. Like that's what I liked about risk of rain is seeing people's health bars drain. Hell Um, yeah. Not my own, but (laughs) enemies health bars. That's the entirety of what risk of rain is, is did their health bar drain in the way that was satisfying to me? If not, I better get some fucking items. Right. Like I, I think there's, I think there's something to say about that. Um, in a way, though, like the health bar kind of ruins the gameplay in that, like, uh, there's a part in the Hall of Heroes where a sniper is trying to shoot from you from the rooftops and you have to kind of search him out with a sniper rifle. And all you have to do is kind of like pan around until you see a flick of a health bar and you're like, okay, I don't actually see him, but I see the health bar. So I know he's there. So I'm going to just shoot. And sure enough, you kill him. Yep. And like, so that that kind of spoils the gameplay maybe a little bit. But generally in this game where it's just waves of enemies in a particular era area coming at you like there is something very satisfying about shooting and just seeing someone's health bars go down down and knowing okay this guy just needs one hit left and then i can flick left and you know then you know get this guy flick right get this guy like you can kind of more easily plan your attack that way so one thing that I found interesting um, was that no one has really talked about the vigors all that much yet, because I think, and I'll just assert this, they're much less interesting. Yeah, Thoughts? I was gonna say why. I, would I think you? that was like a that was a thing that we touched on in the first episode of Bioshock was that I think James had compared it, um, saying that the plasmids made a lot more sense in the universe than the vigors. Yeah, and I think um, he mentioned that they were a lot more fun too. My thought on that is that they interact with the environment in any sort of meaningful way, and they super don't in Infinite. Like, uh, first one you get is Possession, which is kind of strange that they're just handing that out like cotton candy at a fair. It's like, hey, do you want to <laughs> break all of our machinery and then also maybe kill people? Yeah. Your child have this. They, um, they, they're sort of like saying, like, dude, there's no subtlety to this. We need you to be doing this. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like they're just handing it yeah. to you, like, please use it. Yeah. They, they require you to hack machines to, you know, exist in their strange little world. Um, but in any case, uh, like, possession isn't particularly interesting as far as interacting with the world goes. Like, you can hack vending machines and get money, I guess. But aside from that, like, it doesn't really have any interaction with the world at large. And none of the others do either. Like, you can't, you know, pools of water, I don't see is really existing in this fireworks the same on everyone the uh, bucking stallion or whatever that thing's called does the same thing to everyone it's just it all interacts with the enemies in exactly the same way so there's not really a ton of reason to use more than your favorite one and this is Uh, accentuated a lot by the fact that they and listen i understand how they came to this but i think it does them a huge disservice where they make every plasmid have a trap component and those more than the actual plasmids yes the actual plasmids are actually pretty similar but the trap versions are like embarrassingly similar do you know what i mean it's like what's the difference between any of these traps they mostly just do something when they walk over it usually debilitating you know what i mean like crows and shock and fucking bucking bronco are all doing essentially the same thing for me yeah i mean it basically comes down to like when you hit them with your your uh, vigor it's like, all right, you stun them with a different color. 
Yeah. It's like, hey, you stun them with fire. Hey, yeah. you stun them with crows. Yeah. Hey, you stun them with electricity. Yeah. Or you stun them by knocking them up in the air. That being said, yeah. Bucking Bronco is kind of cool. Right? I mean, they're they're cool, like, in theories. Yeah. But Mechanics, they all do exactly like, the same thing. And yeah. they all, like, don't... None of them interact with the environment. You can't melt pools of ice. You can't... Um, I mean, I guess you can turn on machines with the electricity one. But right. that's... All the, the only I was one that make really, a point on that really quickly. That is the only place where they interact with the environment. I mean, there's occasional pools of, of gasoline you can light on fire. Okay, fine. But in general, they force like shock jockey on you. And they force it on you so hard that they have to sit like a plasmid refilling station right next to it. Because they're like, fuck me. You could be out of plasmids right now. So I guess we'll just sit. It's like not even a puzzle. It's just like use shock on the door, you idiot. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what it yeah, feels it's, like. It's like the differently colored doors in Metroid. It's like, no, you need the ice beam to open this. Oh? Yeah. 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 And, like, I think another thing, like, what made Rapture's uh, plasmids so effective was that you saw advertisements around showing the plasmids being, a, like, a part of everyday life. So, like, you know... Um, incendiary plasmid lighting a woman's cigarette or uh, telekinesis just stirring a cup of coffee or something whereas like here the vigors don't actually make sense for real life application all that much like why you would why you would ever need to use possession like the woman's uh the the selling lady's like shtick is all like you know have you ever lost a penny to a vending machine and it's like okay so like basically you're just encouraging theft with this plasmid i guess that maybe makes sense but then like murder of crows which is literally called murder of crows the most like violent sounding vigor of them all and like i think the tagline for that is like get rid of those hooligans that are hanging out on your uh on your fence uh, like real quick that reminds me um we should make sure to put a content warning at the beginning of this for terrible racism um <laughs> oh because my God. we will get we will get to the racism because you see the first time racist game <laughs> yeah did you see the first time murder of crows is properly used was in a uh lynching <laughs> so that's a uh, fun yeah but like exactly. dude as terrible as this sounds i literally was playing this game and i was like how did i not remember all the racism here like dude, how, same how did i not remember that like i knew yeah dude what the f like i just was it's like an state. slack jawed yeah. you remember the, the game the, being like i have to say though but not that, the racism uh, the introduction to it is really cool. So like you come into the, to the, the church, um, in Columbia and you walk through it. And the only kind of inkling you get there is that the guy has some line in there about like, uh, what was it? Uh, if our prophet had, uh, only expelled the viper of the Orient, that would have been enough. And then I was like, right. yikes boy. And then, you know, nothing touches on it until you get to the raffle where it's right. like, Oh, it's a raffle. That's neat. And you pick up a baseball and then, haha, guess what? The prize you won is to stone an interracial couple to death. Right. Um, but right before that, they give you one hint. And that was what sort of set me off is it was like they were just sitting there and they said, what a wonderful white woman. And they like explain like one of the ladies says, I think I'm going to give you the 
the raffle. I think she's going to give you the baseball. Is that not the prettiest white girl in all of Columbia? Exactly. Yeah, that's when you're like, wait a minute. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> that's a weird comment. I'm like, dude, yeah. chill. Um, and, and right after that, uh, you get your first combat in the game, which has those cool uh, uh, kind of horror, horror wav stinger, violin, timpanies, whatever, uh, when you kill people. Um, so it like really accentuates that moment, and then it continues to use that as kind of a key for, hey, good job, you killed the dude. Um, but uh, in that moment, it's very like, hey, guess what? You're in it now. Um, there's a whole yep. lot happening here, and this society is not what it seemed, um, if you weren't paying attention, I guess. Um and so it yeah, just so slaps you in the face with that right away. Let, let's get into that, actually. So with with the world building, because really, I think in Rapture, the only kind of mildly insensitive racist things you really ever come across, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like really the only insensitive things you come across is like the insensitive ammo vending machine. Right. I don't really think that was only, intended like, to be insensitive at the time. Well, yeah, and who knows? Maybe that wasn't supposed to be. But people called Tenenbaum a kraut so. and things like that, and you know, people. Okay, what is people make references to it? Is that uh, a racist term? Right, but yeah, but there's Germans. no there's oh. no racism towards minorities as much. Right, like, yeah. Not to say that, like it's not like uh, overt. I guess. It's, yeah, it's like, it's not overt racism, and so I think that's like I, I think I put in my notes. It's like. Goodness, if you thought Rapture was racist, Bioshock Infinite just like yes. cranked this to a hundred. I mean, like Yes. I, I I find it very interesting. So I was as my research, I was watching a couple let's plays of the first part of Bioshock Infinite. Right after you leave the baptism monastery nunnery area. I don't know what you would call that Such area. Such a cool intro. But right Sorry. Yeah, so Go like on. you're you you exit out, you see this huge statue of Comstock, but there's like this swaying violins, and it's just like this beautiful outdoor scene as your building descends onto where you'll explore the rest of Columbia, and like it's it's a beautiful scene. It's it honestly really is a like a, a beautiful depiction of what Columbia is, and like. Every Let's Play, I'll note, every Let's Play, like, actually, no, actually, every Let's Play, everyone's like, holy shit, this place is beautiful. Like, this is gorgeous. And as it's playing through, you're kind of like, this is a utopia. This looks beautiful. This is wonderful. And, like, the one African-American Let's Player I watched, he was walking through and he's like, where are all the black people? <laughs> Why is this a sea of white faces They're right now? Like, this makes me a little uncomfortable. Like, where are all the black people? And I just thought that was so interesting because, like, mm. all of the all the white Let's Players were just like, yeah, this is great. This is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And they only got shocked when it came to the stoning scene or the potential stoning scene, I should say, of the interracial couple. Right. Whereas, like, all of, like, the the one African American let's player I watched was just kind of like this is odd. Like they this knew it really from the off. beginning. What's happening exactly? Wow, fascinating. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. I will say, as I mean, all out on the table. I'm white. Okay, <laughs> wow. You could have held that. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but right. um, playing through the game, I, objectively, yes, Columbia. I, I find it pretty. But going through that like that opening scene where you're like in the church and they do the baptism, it's all the people yeah. around doing the religion thing. That kind of like organized 
obedient religion thing gives me the heebie-jeebies, man. Yeah. So, so even you were uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That kind yeah. of stuff makes I mean, me super uncomfortable. What made me uncomfortable was the founder worship. I thought that that was going to be kind of the central through line of this, much like objectivism was the through line of Rapture and, and sure. uh, Bioshock 1. I thought it's like, okay, so they're worshiping um, the founders of the United States of America as gods. Like George Washington over here is wearing a toga and wielding a golden sword. So that's what I kind of, that's what I was primed to be looking for was founder worship. Um, and then they just slap you in the face with, haha, just kidding, ethno state instead. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So, no, I, I definitely feel that yes, bait and so. switch, at least from like, as a person who wasn't like that African American, let's play with you, said, who like was totally onto it from the beginning. I was actually thinking, like, okay, this is going to be a religion thing. Like, totally. And it sounds so dumb because I've goddamn played this game already. But I was like going through like the first time somehow, like, wow, this is going to be a religious thing, isn't it? Like, not thinking, just, I guess, like willingly, choosingly, not thinking about what I had previously remembered, but I just want to say, okay, before we go on though, let's, I want to make a distinction here. I think this is very important and I'm curious what you guys think about this, but we are talking about how sensitive we were to this racism and how um, uncomfortable it made us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all reasonable. But what I'm trying to make the distinction is between whether or not the game itself made us uncomfortable in a bad way, or if it's trying to highlight racism and racism itself is making you uncomfortable. In other words, is the game making you uncomfortable in a way that you could blame the game? Or is it trying to deal with a matter? Like, is it trying to approach racism and therefore the topic of racism makes you uncomfortable? The game approaching it is actually a good thing. It's trying to explore that. Like, how do we feel about that? I mean, like, it's interesting because like, one of the places that you go through is the fraternity of the raven um which has a literal emblem on it that says protect our race oh yeah and when i played this back in 2014 2013 2014 when it first came out like i was like oh yeah like literal kkk members like whatever like fuck them but like in this current political climate <laughs> like I like Jesus, I'm encroaching on very like touchy territory, but like with Charlottesville and and lots of stuff like that, like you kind of come across that area now in a different light yes. where you're like, holy shit, these people still exist in our world today. Like for once when I came across that area, I was like, this is literally a faction of people in the US right now that I'm dealing with, not some fictional world so like i know that bioshock infinite got a lot of criticism when it first came out for the racism that it portrays but in this current social and political climate like it seems more realistic now than i think it ever did when it maybe first came out so um I'd like to yeah. say, I like it shocked me, and I think that they were kind of approaching the subject with a sledgehammer, which yes. perhaps is necessary for some people. But I also note that they don't take a stance on it. Like, so you're not playing as yet, yeah, not yet. So we're only in the first third. I haven't played the game yet, but you know, we're four or five hours in or whatever, and like, no one has said, hey, this is bad. Like, Elizabeth seems a little bit uncomfortable with it and is, like, confused, but also seems to enjoy some of the, um, like, the, the children's icons, which are shown at one point to just, like, pointing a pop gun at 
extreme racial caricatures of other of other race children um and uh like booker you have the option to you know attempt to throw the baseball at the two which you know you don't get to one way or another because you at the interracial couple you mean yeah 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 Um, how does he know it somebody lynch him like you know what i mean like you chose that option didn't you no i i feel like i mean everyone chose the option of of not throwing the baseball right like because who the fuck i chose the option to throw it because I assumed that everyone else wouldn't. Um, I did. And okay. Also, Res- respect I've, for you for that. Because that is an atypical play choice just for the sake of the podcast. And I respect that. Um, so what you don't get to you don't because no matter, no matter what you do is that like you kind of, or well, if you tr- attempt to throw it, you kind of start to lean back. And then one of the guards grabs your hand and says like, hey, he's got the mark of the prophet or whatever. And okay, this is the it, exact you same don't thing that happens to. when you yeah. attempt to not throw it. Yeah, it's yeah, a non-choice, like, which yeah, I figured like, out. Yeah. Go to throw it, but you get stopped. Okay. Um, so, so like, the game doesn't take any stances yet. Booker has never been like, this is bad, or I regret those things I did, or or anything. Like, no one has said, this is bad or unacceptable. Or, like, this is concerning, um, even. Well, he has, like, some, he has some war regrets. It's not clear that they're because of racism or if they're just because of the atrocity of, of war. But he's definitely said some things along the lines of, like, you don't want to fucking know what I did. I don't fucking right. want to know what I did. But I don't like he, know that that's clearly not proud of his past, but it's unclear about why or, or, like, you know, he just wanted out for whatever reason. So um, just to, to speak to what you're saying, I think you said it really well. And I think this might be true for more than just racism in this game. This game uses a goddamn sledgehammer for for a lot of things it wants to get across. Not everything, but a lot. Like, for instance, when you look, like, it was laughable. It was comical. When you're looking at Elizabeth, like, through the fucking, you know, you pull the switch. It opens up the the situation where you can, like, watch her doing her thing. And she has, like, a painting of the Eiffel Tower. And then she has, like an Eiffel Tower picture, and then she has, like, an Eiffel Tower something fucking else sitting in the room, and there's, like, three Eiffel Towers, and then she transitions to another room, and there's seven more Eiffel Towers, and you're like, I wonder (laughs) if this girl wants to go to Paris or has some value there. It's like, that's the same level of sledgehammer that they use for racism. See, I would say that, but I know a girl who's exactly like that. No, no, with the that, Eiffel Tower. No, but that's fine. But she's <laughs> using a sledgehammer too. Yeah. To <laughs> you should send your friend uh, this clip of the podcast where we just rip apart her appreciation <laughs> for Paris's culture. Yeah. Why do you like Paris so much? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like in a way, it really, it really does. I think like one of the notable like racism parts that I think really hits you over the head with the sledgehammer is like you're going through an area where there's a bunch of these arcade machines with the uh, Duke and Dimwit, which is like the Columbia version of if you ever had Highlights magazine, Goofus and Gallant. It's like this whole like, Hmm. you know, Duke is like a proud citizen of Columbia and Dimwit is this like, you know, puny nobody who's awful, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, you go through this arcade area And there's a particular area of the game where there's both a, you know, kinetoscope, which is like an actual new item in the game that I want to talk about um, that talks about the Irish problem. And then in that same area, if you go listen to the conversations of everyone around, all of them are just talking shit about the Irish. Oh, yeah. One woman's complaining to her son about kissing an Irish 
girl. Uh, Another multiple one's Irish about, girls. Oh, is please? it? Yeah. Player. Yeah. Mul- multiple <laughs> Irish girls. My bad. But, and then like another one's talking about the Irish maid that they have and what how problematic she is. And I'm like, wow, this one area of Colombia is just really stuck on the Irish right now. Yeah, Maybe they really want to hound into me that like, hey, they're racist against like black people and Hispanics and Native Americans, but also white people, Irish people as well. Like, I, I shouldn't belittle that because yeah. like Irish people have been persecuted. I mean, yeah, in that like, same area they had like Irish only bathrooms. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was coloreds and Irish was like the yeah, that's yes. right. the bathroom. Yes, um, yeah. Right. There's a lot of callbacks to like actual things that happened during the civil rights movement that are just kind of pounding you over the head with the yeah, yeah. Irish and colored's only a washroom and then like I think when you're in Battleship Bay at the beach one of them talks about like oh my god I have to you know it's better than having to share the water with you know the the, the colored's and everything yeah. and you're like holy shit wow. this is like yeah. 1960s all over again. What is happening? So I, I would like to posit, and I'm not even sure if I know totally have thought this through, but I'd like to say that the fact that this game hasn't made a stance yet, like ob- like objectively, it hasn't just gone out there and stated something, is not necessarily a bad thing. And I would say that because what this discussion that we're having right now is we are explaining how much more sensitive to this issue we are today because of the way the news has been in the years since this game. And it is, in a sense, highlighting our, like, these atrocities. And you're looking at it and just going, Jesus, this is, like, really bad and really uncomfortable. And the disparity between the bathrooms is intense. And these things that they're saying are really uncomfortable. And I feel like, is that enough? Is it enough to to highlight that stuff and to try to make you think and to say, like, is this uncomfortable? I know it's a sledgehammer, but still, like... I feel like it is definitely without uh, without clearly forwardly making a stance. It is making a stance because it's highlighting these concepts to you and it's showing you something and your reaction is clearly like from to some degree what it what it has going. So I feel like it's 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 subtly making a stance just in the sense that it's triggering so much uncomfortableness in all of us and it's very clear that like things are fucked but, up here and that's what they want, right? But McCoy mm-hmm. Suppose that, you know, a white nationalist plays this game, right? They look at this and they see Colombia and they say, damn, nice. They made an ethnostate. When the Emancipation Proclamation happened, they just left. Good job, them. And they wave their little Confederate flag around. Like, nothing in the game really, like, it not only doesn't take a stance, it doesn't really engage with it. It just screams racism at you a bunch. And, like, that's kind of it. They don't go anywhere with it. Like, they're not exploring necessarily. And I imagine they will get to it. Um, we just finished off where we get introduced to the Vox Populi. Um, we'll see. And I we'll imagine see. they'll get there. But maybe they don't. Maybe they just, like, kind of do that thing where they say a bunch of things that, like, look like they're going to be interesting and engaging and then never actually engage in any, with any of them. I think the I think the only like I'll have to slightly disagree though because I think the only way and that the game really engages with it and sure it's not a it's not a sledgehammer way but I think it's a notable way regardless is that for instance you go into the fraternal order of the raven heavily racist white nationalist clearly KKK influenced 
group. And the only way to get through that area is to kill everybody in the area, like, aka see them as the enemy. Whereas, like, in some of the houses that you go into to loot, um, for instance, one of the houses that you go into, into like, looting, and you go downstairs, um, and you go downstairs in this area, and the guy turns to you and goes, like, shh, like, I'm a progressive. Like, yeah. and you don't have to kill him. Like, he doesn't seem as a threat. And sure, it's, I guess it's, like, a, a weak way of the game to be, like, yeah, we're on the progressive side, we're not on the racist side, but I think it is a stance regardless, where it's, like, the, the progressives and the people housing the, um, you know, people housing African Americans when you go into that one house that is having the alliance of the, or, like, friends of the African American group, um, like... The fact that those people don't pose as a threat, I think, is a stance. Although um, they are there for you to shoot if you want to. Yeah, but but True, but, but, al- but like, like, allow the player agency, right? Like, you can make a stance and then allow agency. Like, you don't have to say um, every African American in this game is invulnerable because I don't want you to be racist. You know what I mean? Like, you don't no, have to go that I mean, that I think far. that that would be bad. But on the other hand, like. I, I'm still saying that they aren't really making a stance in a like um, in any meaningful way because I mean yes you do have to kill members of the racist society but you, you kind of it can kind of just be an ordinary quarrel between you and them for no particular reason associated with their belief system and if you are a white nationalist playing this game you can just run around and you know shoot the abolitionists and and break the head off of the uh, progressive in the basement with your weird spinny multi-tool thing. Um, God. It's like, you can just do those things if that is what but you believe in. But is that not what games are? Is that not, like, the foundation behind, like, the difference between games and, say, like, just a movie? Like, you can make choices. Like, if you look at my playthrough as if you were to try to figure out if I'm secretly racist or not, you would note that I didn't do any of those crazy things, despite giving the option. But that, to me, is part of the beauty of video games, is they present to you options where you get to choose, essentially, morally and ethically, what you think should be happening at this scenario. So, like, I don't fault them for letting you do stuff. You know what I mean? And not do stuff. That's part of the enjoyment of my playthroughs, that I get to not be a crazy lunatic while I play through this whole game. I'm not making the argument that the game is like, you know, has some racist agenda or something like that. Like, I think that the, the, it is, from our perspective, it is on the side of, you know, the progressives. Um, but I think that it falls short of engaging with the topic in a meaningful way so far. Again, we're only a third of the way through the game, so maybe it'll get there. But to me, I haven't seen it engage with the topic meaningfully. Like, what does it mean to have an ethnostate and why is this bad? Um, instead, it's just like, it is an ethnostate and you are there and there are people to shoot. Right. And they are, in theory, the bad guys. So therefore, that's... And some of them are the good guys, if you want to. Maybe. I think that also fits well with, like, Booker's character design, though, because he kind of just, like, is thrust in this position and he seems to not really have a strong opinion one way or the other 
And this yeah, is just a job like, to him. I see. He is so aggressively incurious. Yeah. He sees yeah. a lady rip open a portal in space time. And he's like, oh, that was weird. Whatever time to get out of here. Yeah. Stop doing that if you it's could. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so actually, th- this is this is a good point, uh, a good time to bring up the fact that we are playing as a character now who has his own thoughts and his own motivations. And can talk. Whereas like, yeah, he can talk. Whereas, you know, playing in Bioshock, Jack is kind of this emotionless kind of being that we can just instill whatever we want upon Jack. Whereas in Bioshock Infinite, this is the first time that we are playing a character who reacts to an environment in perhaps a different way than you, the player yourself, are reacting to it. And I think it's a very curious thing to bring up, um, specifically with, you know, how Booker is reacting to the events of Columbia as well as how, like, Booker is reacting to the environment itself. It's just... I I think it's a very interesting change of pace for the game in terms of how you accept and analyze the world whereas like you might have done it a different way playing as jack yeah i feel like that it shifts the focus away from the world building and onto the narrative somewhat um whereas bioshock was very strongly focused on the world of rapture and what that means um i think this game is focused on the relationship between booker and elizabeth and booker and his past and um, kind of the big players and the characters involved and the world is there and there is stuff to examine about the world but it is less the focus yeah I'll, yes and no yeah, yeah, exactly because they also do a like, really good job at actually like having interesting stuff in the world if you want to go out and search for it like they have great like the actual storyline of columbia is fucking rad like the fact that it was like well and i think that's go a ahead. good well, I see, this is a good idea to bring up the kinetoscopes. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the there there's two different types of collectible items you can do in Bioshock Infinite. Um, the only thing similar to Bioshock is the voxophones, a.k.a. the audio logs, which are very similar to that of Bioshock. But in addition, there are the kinetoscopes, which are these kind of viewfinder things that you can look into. And the... Kinetoscopes are very central to the propaganda of Columbia. Um, They're very... They take a side and, like, it's it's very in tune to, like, what... It it helps you kind of get in the mindset of what everyone in Columbia thinks about Columbia. Which I think is very helpful. It's something I wish that maybe Rapture had just to kind of understand the idea of like why they decide to have such a capitalist society um you know in the first place like i don't know the kinetoscopes just show so many different um films just about like why they worship the prophet as much as they do and why they follow him as much as they do and also establishes a history before the game And establishes kind of a a timeline for us to understand as we're playing the game, which I think Rapture didn't do as well and kind of made us feel like we were always falling behind um, as, you know, in terms of what the events 
that were unfolding were. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I mean, they literally they display timelines to you uh, towards the end of this section that we played where there's like a circular whatever. And it has the timeline of like, you know, fucking the prophet was born or some shit or it might have been the lamb that was born. But, you know, yeah. and they talk about specifically one of the coolest facts is that Columbia is like supposed to be this like american state in the sky that's going to spread american ideas and then the very second that america's like hey could you stop that they're like we secede and they just roll <laughs> like <laughs> yeah which is fucking and at one awesome point they just go and burn down beijing <laughs> yeah it's like what the fuck it's like uh, <laughs> hey friends yeah it's like, like there was a newspaper clipping earlier that was like I think it was like George Washington. This, the timeline doesn't work on this, but like some like major American group was like, "Actually, guys, can you chill?" Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then and then yeah, it was Emancipation the, uh, Proclamation the... happened, and they're like, "We're out." Yep. Yep. Yeah. For the for the boxer the boxer rebellion is when the U.S. was just like, "Yeah, Colombia, can you just like chill for a sec? And Colombia's like, "Hell no, let's go." Yeah. And, they seceded. Fuck other countries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like that part's they, pretty. I thought they seceded rad. right after the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess it. I think the timeline though showed like they intervened in the Boxer Rebellion and then seceded shortly after that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. when, when was the Boxer Rebellion? By the way, I don't have the timeline in front of me. No, oh, dude, neither do uh, we, my friend. Late. <laughs> Yeah, who doesn't? Eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay. It's all. If I said eighteen oh two, would you believe me? <laughs> so that would be way. Two thousand and nine. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much two thousand and twelve. <laughs> but like, look, like, it's it's definitely like the actual story of Columbia. I agree with Zoe. Like, it does a better job of explaining itself, which is interesting because it it kind of makes me think that maybe everything in this game was in a sense turned up and amplified so if you think rapture did a good job of telling us itself but you were a little behind on what was exactly going on this game is somehow in a decent spot in terms about what's going on with columbia what's the history of it where you are in it but then if you know bioshock one did a decent job with its themes in terms of it was like set at the right place in terms of uh you know capitalism etc of its themes then the themes of Bioshock Infinite, which are racism, are also turned up and are just out of fucking control with how Sledgehammer they are. So it feels like they just turned everything up. And if like you were tuned into the original themes of Bioshock, then you're going to be like completely out of whack with the fucking themes of this game. And if you were like not quite sure what was going on in terms of the more political like sort of undertones, you're going to be like totally dialed in for like the political undertones of like the actual world. So... It's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I, I've definitely enjoyed walking around Columbia and just looking at stuff. Like I think they do a surprisingly good job at that, and they continue to do a varied and interesting job at that throughout this section that we've played so far, even into what is a fantastically cool section to this day, which is like basically the propaganda section of here's what all these like genocide slash atrocities slash war crimes look like from the perspective of our glorious prophet and what he did to these evil sinister savages like just the fact that 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 whole area looks like it's cut out of paper and it's coming at you and you can just see how clearly they're trying to twist the message of all this like that stuff that to me at least landed in that i see what they're trying to do you're they're trying to show you propaganda 
in a sort of creative form in a bunch of different ways. They're trying to show you what the programming is of this place. And they want you to look at that and even Booker to look at that and just go like, what the fuck is this? What it's also, I mean, a lot of it's also just based off of real examples from real life. I mean, especially like during times of war, like World War One, World War Two, you'd see that kind of like super over exaggerated caricature propaganda to demonize the enemy and make them look inhuman. Yeah. And it just looks yeah. hilarious to us right now. And I, I don't think that necessarily means a bad thing. I think that just shows you like we have learned and grown past the over-the-top propaganda of this era. Well, we have, the individuals on this podcast have, but again, in the year of our Lord 2019, shit's going fucking bonkers, so here we are. Shout out to our Southern listeners. I th- Shout out to Visual. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I think, Yikes. I think, I think there's something to, I think there's something to unpack there, though, with what McCoy was saying. And I think one of the refreshing things about Bioshock Infinite um, that Bioshock didn't do, and I think Bioshock didn't do to a fault, was that Bioshock Infinite allows you room to breathe. And I mean that in the sense of, like, the action of Bioshock Infinite doesn't really start until... 30, 45 minutes into the game. Like, you explore the first parts of Columbia and the fair weaponless and vigorless. Um, it's... And, and it's honestly, like, a very refreshing take other than Rapture, where you're in the bathosphere one minute into the game, coming in, and there's a splicer coming at you, and you're like, I gotta pick up a wrench and I've gotta go kind of thing like there's something very admirable about a game that one allows you to explore a world before you have to engage with it and there's another thing about a world also where you clear an area and you are just allowed to breathe and explore and pick up saxophones and view kinetoscopes and pick up items um that bioshock just didn't do and I think it's a change to the game that I really appreciate. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, I think most games try to, like, it's a brave choice to not have a strong start like that. Dropping someone in the middle of the action early is generally considered to be good. Um, but it really works in this case that they didn't for the reasons you described. And I think that was a really good way to talk about it. Um, but, well... Yeah. Yes. Just yes. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I like how they, like the beginning, like you said, it's just like you experiencing Columbia for the first time. Um, peaceful walk around, seeing what it truly is, how people are. And you get dropped in this pretty extreme, like first instance of combat. And then through the rest of the game, it pretty much just cycles between kind of like kind of explosive, intense combat and then a time of like, piece to explore take your look on the world see how things are uh, catch up on yeah audio logs whatever and then back into the action part of it i think part of it is that bioshock 
one was kind of, it's like a horror game, right? They have all the horror tropes and themes and they have all these cool set pieces where splicers jump out at you and everything, you know, you start, doctors are scary, so you get doctors and vending machines are clowns. And in this, it's like, you don't really have that. It isn't a horror game. Mm. Um, you still have horror.wav that plays when you kill someone, <laughs> but like, that's kind of it, right? There's no, uh, jump scares or people sneaking up behind you shouting about stakes and like none of that really has happened at least so far and I kind of would be surprised if they decided to do a hard tonal shift to a horror game later. I did have a store so, owner hit me suddenly when I stole from his cash register. Ooh, you did that? How, un- how unreasonable of him. <laughs> I oh, know. I did have one fun situation where I went around possessing the vending machines because I wanted money. Um, and then I was like, hey, I wonder, can you possess like the salt dispenser dudes? So I shot a ghost at him and there's like no one in sight, right? It's just like totally barren around me. I shoot a guy at the, at the, um, shoot a ghost at the vending machine thing and then combat music starts and elizabeth crouching behind a trash can and i hear someone like shouting like a mile away and i'm like what a, what in the uh-huh. distance and sirens the, and <laughs> yeah this is my number one complaint about the game is the fact that they are fucking selling vigors in a county fair and yet you use it and it's seen as like a sign of aggression mm. wherever you go. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. let me get this straight. You're selling this for the people of Colombia, and yet when they use it, people think that you're attacking them. And, this makes logical sense. And meanwhile, like, you're running around like <laughs> an ordinary peaceful, like you're, you're, you walk into the cotton candy store or whatever, and you've got your fucking shotgun out. You're pointing your shotgun at children. Yeah. And everyone's like, sounds like a good citizen to me. And it's, <laughs> and there's no way to put it away. It's because you're, you're white, so it's fine. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Yeehaw, motherfuckers. <laughs> blam, blam. Okay, so Open like, carry up here in Colombia. So actually, this also, <laughs> also brings out up another fart uh fart jesus wow. christ if you didn't bring attention to it another no one said anything but the fart. second that you stopped everyone's like looking at her like yeah. did she just say fart I know. again we did spend I, an hour and a half dealing with audio issues before seriously. this so forgive McCoy, her i am marking no this, no please. fuck you i'm not doing that you know, are you kidding you me? know he doesn't edit you know he doesn't edit McCoy, please boost that fart but anyway like <laughs> I, clip that shit <laughs> I want to know your guys's uh takes on the fact that for once in the fighting parts of this game that's what I want to say fighting parts not parts <laughs> mm. um was um the fact that they have some music that plays when you're fighting and then as soon as you kill the last guy there's kind of like this yep. like ending music of like we are done fighting. Like, there's no one else in the area. And in a way, like, it kind of takes away from the surprise of the fight. Like, I think something that Rapture did really well was the fact that you never knew when a fight was over. Because some guy could be creeping around the corner at any moment, so you were always on your guard. But then again, at the same time, I don't think that's the point of Infinite. Like, I don't think that infinite means to have many horror elements to it but i wanted to get your guys's takes on that yeah i think that's because it is a very distinct part. i think that's kind of akin to what adam said is this game is not really advertised as a horror game like bioshock was 
Whereas this game is more like an action-y, adventure-y game with some horror-ish undertones. Yeah, and, and in some senses, it actually supports that um, breathing room you were talking about earlier in terms of being able to walk around. Like, it, it very clearly signals to you that you are done. Therefore, you can metaphorically put your gun away and look around. Uh, <laughs> it, it actually reminded me a lot of Oblivion. And I will not tangent off into Oblivion, but all I will say about it, though, is that all I remember is Oblivion also had very clear audio, sound, and specifically music cues as to when you were fighting or not. And it would just lead to some ridiculous cases, as it does in this game. Um, and maybe, actually, it might be a great mechanic. I'm not trying to say it's good or bad. I'm just saying that like it leads to some ridiculous shit where you sit there and it's playing this like epic battle music and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And you're like looking around and you're like, where's this fucking dude? And you're like, is he behind this wall? And you run around, no, okay, is he behind this wall? No, it's a crab in the grass. You know what I mean? Like That's yep. what it is in Oblivion. Yeah. So it's just a fucking crab. And you're like, dude, come on. It's a crab stuck in a trash can just <laughs> angrily hissing at you. Yep. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> queuing like, like world war three battle music <laughs> and you're like oh fuck but yeah yeah it, it is in support of letting you sit there and actually look at the world and for that i do appreciate it it's it's nice to have some sort of indication of like okay i've sniped everyone with the headshots that i can possibly do and it's time for me to like look around but but it also it's like you know listen i'm not sure i clearly i don't have an opinion on this because it's so many ups and downs pros and cons but it also supports the feeling of combat has started story has started combat has started story has started combat has started story has started you know what i mean like it also yeah. supports There's like two it's like two di- it's two different games yes yeah and it supports the disconnect between them where you're like okay I realize now that I'm going to fight a bunch of people and I'm just going to headshot all of them as best I can and then be done and I want to see some more shit. It's also it doesn't usually move the story forward either when you just shoot a bunch of dudes. True. Like it sometimes does, but it doesn't really get you anywhere. It's just like, eh, well, we need to make a game and guns are a thing that you put in games and you need to be able to use them. So here's some racists. Have at it. Yeah, or, like, I guess there's some racists, but then, like, dude, are all those guards racist? I mean, like, you get no backstory. I mean, that's just a classic game problem. But, like, the fact that we don't have good enough AI in enemies to make a challenging fight out of a couple of people that's very interesting and very conniving and, ooh, he was ducking behind cover and shit. When they send ten guys at you, it just, no matter the game, it adds this dissonance where you're like, dude, I just killed ten people. Ten people, like... This is fucking insane. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I murdering everyone? I have no idea what their stories were, who their families were. Yeah. I I, have nothing. I'm just murdering people. I kind of have a gripe with um, the motivation for what was the the guy you get the, the, like, that last canister of the electric vigor from? Is it? Like, Slate? Slate? Yeah. Slate? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have a gripe with his motivation as a character of, like, I want you to show my men a real warrior's death. Kill my men, yeah, you're like, and what then the kill me. <laughs> and all of his men are like, "Yes, this <laughs> yeah. is good, dude." And not only that, from my game, he just he just didn't even exist. His character never popped in. So like, I was like, just I was like <laughs> Wait, desperately what? like with the chain gun you get from like the fucking Tin Men. I'm just sitting there like rolling it into the ether, like hoping I'm gonna find this guy. And then the cutscene of like getting the he's like that was the thing. So all that popped in for me. So his character is gone. 
doesn't exist. It's sitting there at the the fountain or some shit, right? He, I assume he's lying down. I think I remember that. Yeah, he's like propped up against like a wall. Like or he's dying, yeah. right? Like he's like wounded or some shit. So I remember this from the previous. But anyways, when I'm sitting there, there's nothing but a floating pistol. Like just like at him. <laughs> and it's like save or like not. And I'm like, what? I have to save that pistol. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, save. And she was like, and then, God, it was so dumb. But anyways, yeah, that was like Did a Did you lit- save him? I saved him, yeah. Wow. Which I was like, I almost was curious, like, yeah. dude, I should execute this guy and see if, like, what happens. I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also saved him because I assumed that, I mean, a living person leads to more gameplay happening, presumably. Presumably. Like with Cohen. Ah, uh, like with Cohen. I mean, I don't know, but. Yeah. Mm, mm, that's an interesting theory. I've never heard that, but that probably is mostly true. Yeah. My philosophy was he fronted on me and he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I mean, so wait, Gabe, sorry, quick tangent here. Tell us about your experience with this playthrough, because you were sending me some texts that were along the lines of like, dude, these motherfuckers must repent or some shit. <laughs> so going back to the music thing, I was going to just say a quick comment of it's slightly irrelevant to me because the second combat would start, I would hit play on Spotify and play my own music. Okay. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was, it's a little fitting. It's it's some Lamb of God for anyone who knows that out there. Jesus. <laughs> and it's just like, well, I, it also just felt good to, from the combat standpoint. It just felt so much more fluid than Bioshock 1. Hmm. And just going in there and just mowing these dudes down. Yeah. And also just like this, this kind of like head cannon narrative of like, you know, these people are kind of like against you. And also some some game mechanic curiosity of hey can i kill this person oh i can yeah so you're killing innocents what you're trying to tell us right now maybe (laughs) you crazy motherfucker (laughs) hey we're we're exploring all corners of this game right that's notably in drs there all of us jumped off the docks immediately like that's not a reasonable thing to do right it's the same thing that why adam tried to tried to throw the baseball at and the notably couple. i so i i did do that as well because i want to see i couldn't remember because well in my in my first playthrough i didn't right so i want to see how different it would be trying to sure and turns out not that much yeah um but i did not at all, all that really. really matters is that like the couple doesn't meet you down the line and gives you some cool gear that you can true to but yourself. they didn't even like, see what you brilliant. were doing you didn't get to do anything regardless right. yeah <laughs> they knew your intention like i magically. feel cheated also it's it's a little <laughs> detrimental in that i i forgot i had bought the season pass for this game so oh weird from the start it gave me this super op gear so I've been rolling with that. Yes, I want to talk about that actually, because yeah, that's that was part of the humble bundle. Yeah, uh, deal so that, was that you get the season. It pass. helps with just mowing these dudes down. What is it? It's so you know that like gear you can so equip. Like, yeah, that gives you like different like passives and stuff like that. So the main one I have is that when I melee somebody, I have a seventy percent chance to shock them in place, and then their head explodes. What the. So I'm essentially doing the wrench playthrough again. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, seventy percent instant kills with your melees. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty op. That's out of control. Yeah. Well, and in addition, like I think like one of the gear is like oh, like your clip capacity for yeah. your weapons is increased by seventy percent, whereas like I think if you don't have the season pass, the only item you can get only. Inc- increases your clip capacity by like 
50 percent they also give you like four of those things at the beginning that either boost your health shield or uh vigor what's the point of all of you like six of those things they give you six of those things why would they do that i'm confused uh I'm, I think it's from a standpoint of either A, it's for someone who's new to this who might be intimidated, or B, to help with someone who's doing the 1999 mode, which is like the super hard difficulty that you unlock after beating the game. Whoa. But can you choose to not equip this fucking incredible boost that you get at the beginning? Yes. No, they don't allow they don't allow you to go to Monument Island without them. I oh, really? tried. Wow. Oh, I just saw them yeah, sitting off to the side, like, so I assumed you could just not pick them up, but I did. No, I I purposely didn't pick them up on my fir- uh, on my playthrough because I was like, no, that's cheating. Like I'm not going to do that. But then, like as I was leaving the Blue Ribbon Bistro or wherever that place is, like a pop up came up being like, reminder: you cannot enter Monument Island without picking up all of the items and the infusions. And I was like. Whoa. Interesting. <laughs> Excuse. You can't opt out of this thing you accidentally paid for. Which, by the way, is destroying the balance that they've so, in theory, delicately crafted for this game. Yeah, that's kind of a in weird. In a way, move. I feel like season pass was only for people who probably want to get a hundred percent achievements, which, like, that does take a lot because you need to kill like a certain number of people with every single weapon in the game and you need to kill like I don't know you need to get a lot of different achievements with each weapon so it's just kind of one of those things where I feel like that's the only reason why you would need season pass yeah, it also so, gives you a golden pistol and machine gun well, I don't know cool. if they're better yeah but they're cool looking but they're cooler <laughs> now listen now that's the only reason why you would need the season pass but it is not the only reason why you would have the season pass and if you have the season pass because say you just like bioshock and you realize that they've robbed you of actually playing the game they also robbed you of one dlc but that's fine really yeah the first dlc that came out was like the horde mode that was only season pass well i mean it's you know it's like one of the three DLCs they did, which I think is a waste, but that's my own personal gripe. Okay. Fair play. <laughs> Fair play. <laughs> no, I just, uh, I think this was the heyday of the era of season passes just being ridiculous. Like they weren't a skin. They were like, welcome to a, du- a gun that does triple damage or welcome to a late game item today. Yeah. You know, welcome to the future of late game items today. Like, like that sort of shit. And it just really breaks my heart from a, like a standpoint of like, because actually, that's one thing I want to say, is that I actually really enjoy the hard mode in this game. I'm playing it on PC. I've got my fucking 144 hertz monitor and my wonderful mouse and my great computer and all that shit. And I think this is a very reasonable hard mode. Like, I think it is, you can kill these enemies. It's, you. yes, they do a lot of damage. And yes, you can die if you're not careful. But generally, you can kill them. Generally, you can get the upper hand. You can feel like these fights are going yeah. your way. And I enjoy that. But to hear that, like, they well, take that mode. So I will say, even with those boosts, you can't just, like, face roll everything. You do have to at least play semi-consciously. Yes. You can't just, like, storm through and melee everything to kill it. You still kind of got to, you know, you could, in theory, do that, but you'd have to, like, play very carefully. Right. You, like, move cover to cover and try to, like, sneak around to people. But, like, four or six boosts or whatever the fuck that is, that's a fucking lot, man. Yeah. And to be fair, I put most of them in the shield, which only increases it by, like, a sliver. True. But yeah, but you should put it mostly in a shield because 
like that shit grows back for free, bro. Exactly. Okay. Well, we've said a lot of things, and I love that I'm just going to tangent another time. But how do we feel about the fact that you don't have this comparison to Bioshock One? How do we feel about the the fact that you don't have health packs in reserve? In other words, especially before you get Elizabeth, but even afterwards, you cannot go past full health and full salt. And as a result of that, it kind of highlights the meaningless of all these items because you're just picking them up all the time. And then if they're full, whatever, you fucking leave them. Like, how do you guys feel about the fact that you couldn't, there was no resource scarcity at all. There was no like salt scarcity, health scarcity, and even ammo scarcity. You start with a pistol that has a hundred shots in the reserve when they give it to you. There's none of that scarcity. There's none of that horror mix in terms of the weaponry and the items and all that stuff. What do you guys think? The first time I died, I was getting shot from all sides and was like, how do I heal? How do I heal? (laughs) You don't. Yep. (laughs) I was going to say, like, then again, like, you said, like, the horror element, but, like, then again, I don't think that's the point of infinite is the horror scavenging part. Like, and and this is where Adam can bring up his calculator, I guess. But like, <laughs> literally, literally before you even get into combat mode, just by scouring trash cans and crates, like, I think I had about 800 coins. Yeah. Before we even had to fight. So I do want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I'm real excited for this, you guys. Okay, so the year is 1912, and a dollar is worth a different amount than 2019 dollars. In fact, I've got an inflation calculator. How is that right possible? <laughs> One dollar in 2019 is worth 26 dollars and 45 cents in 2019. So. Um, when I opened up a trash can and I found 33 uh, silver eagles, someone had inadvertently put $872 worth of cash just in a trash can. So that's fun. I've scavenged enough money to pay back multiple student loan debts by now out of trash cans in about, you know, two hours of bumming about Columbia. Um like, and the loot is just all total nonsense. I landed on the the, the uh, beach in Battleship Bay, and I walk over to a picnic basket and open it up thinking I would find, like, a pear or something. And no, there's 35 machine gun rounds in this nice person's picnic basket. Oh, yes. And then I go into the maintenance closet, and I open up a box, like, underneath a workshop, and there's two cakes in it. Like, what the hell is happening? Yes. <laughs> and your mistake was actually reading any of that or caring at all. Because at some point, you just mash E like a fucking like you're like a i don't even know how to, you're like a vacuum your vacuum yeah. yeah and it's like dude if it hurts me it's fine because i'll find some more food down the way and i don't have any reserves or anything like that so i'm just gonna like press e a bunch and i'm gonna hope that i get gold and stuff but also real quick props to the first person you meet who's selling things and they're selling lemonade and popcorn for one dollar that is to say 26 dollar popcorn <laughs> reasonable and yet it seems yeah, so cheap to you. I don't believe you were... Like, in in Bioshock 1, like, it's actually kind of sensible. Because I think it's about... Uh, if we, well, Bioshock 1 took place in uh, uh, 1960, right? Um, so $500 in 1960, which is your maximum wallet size, uh, leaves you with about 
$4,333. Like that's a reasonable amount of money. It's a lot, but it's like a reasonable maximum. This isn't insane. In Bioshock Infinite, they're selling, uh, like plasmid, excuse me, vigor boosts, uh, in the year 1912 for, I think about 1500 yeah. is what we see. Wow. Um, that is to say $39,000. Um, <laughs> maybe that's why another like thing I know is like, like almost nobody else uses vigors except they just give you one for free at the fair true but yeah it's like so why isn't everybody no using one else this? uses vigors yeah i was gonna say no one else uses vigors except for like harder enemies where it doesn't really make sense like for instance you know before you even get devil's kiss which is like the incendiary type vigor like all of the police force is like running to the sky being like, here comes the fireman. And you realize that the fireman just throws fireballs. And you're like, why is this guy even here in this world? What benefit does he actually <laughs> oh, that have That never occurred to, to me, world? but holy shit. You yeah. are so right. What the fuck is that guy doing? <laughs> He's just constantly on fire also, it seems. And like, and, and this, like, I guess like the murder of crows guy the guy who kind of like disappears in a swarm of crows and reappears in a swarm of crows like maybe but like it's kind of like up in the air as to like why he has these powers and why he and he alone has these powers like how come we can't disappear all of the powers are purely combat focused like shock jockey is the only one they make any attempt to justify it's like oh power your own home i guess somehow like from your wrist but like all the other ones are just like yeah you can possess people make them kill themselves (laughs) wait (laughs) what we're selling this at the fair (laughs) yeah it's like pardon fireballs and like all the like the little like kinetoscope like in bioshock you know it's embodied in the world like you can light a a dame cigarette um and it's like a a thing that you might reasonably use this for and sometimes they're just like show that neighborhood bully what's for or whatever but in this one you just got like little caricatures of devils running around and it's like eviscerate them with your swarm of crows and it's like why do we have this? <laughs> Take that, devil. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and fun. This is a small fun thing that um, I was reminded of when Zoe was talking about um, the crow people. So the first crow person you meet, they've got a big damn coffin on their back and they've got a sword and they teleport around as crows. Um, and this is the very end of that sequence in um, Ku Klux Klan, but painted, but painted uh, in black fabric, um, their whole clubhouse. Uh, and... So I had, you know, decided to play the game as they had intended. So I left on the like in-game hints, um, which ordinarily to show up quietly at the bottom and tell you things you already know. This is expected. Um, however, this guy teleports next to me uh, and he pulls out his big damn sword and he's about to hit me and the game pauses and it tells me, hey, you know, you can set traps with Devil's Kiss. And I'm like, fucking what? Like, <laughs> Not now, please. Was there any? <laughs> First off, what the fuck? This is not even contextually relevant. There is a man hitting me with a sword. A trap, the the per- like the opportunity for a trap has passed. Yes. <laughs> so, second off, you're pausing the game to tell me this? That's insane. <laughs> so then I turned it off. <laughs> but like, in context tips, I, I think they're just tips that fire randomly. <laughs> yeah, they were like, it's combat, so they're therefore let's talk about traps and you're like dude 
Hello? Yeah, it's like a sin to pause the game from the player and be like, hey, by the way. That is such a sin. There are certain things you should never do. Right? Like, like I think I could list a couple. Like, pause the game is, is on the line. But, dude, if you change my sensitivity, if you, I don't know, turn my sound up or down. If there's, like, certain things, right, you're just like, don't you fucking ever. I know there's, like, pause is, a, is not that you could never do it, but it's really uncomfortable. Takes you totally out of the experience. Wait, and also just for something as trivial as, hey, did you know you can set traps? It's like, hey, did you know you could pause? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. That's hilarious. I didn't know they did that. Fuck, man. I turned that shit off right away. Yeah, I wanted to see what, what it had to offer. And that's awesome. <laughs> I, I was surprised, I guess. <laughs> did you have, uh, like, the art subtitles on? The art subtitles? It, it's oh no, it's so yeah, useless. Like if you like look at like a <laughs> like a banner or something, so you know it has like text on it that you can easily read. Yeah, and then it'll just display a little caption off to the side that says the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they had that in Bioshock, and I think that's like that's good. It made more sense in Bioshock because things are often very dark. Yeah, um, but like that can be a good thing for accessibility. Uh, so like that's not I, I won't begrudge them that especially because it's not on by default. Yeah, I turned on. I was like, um, is this is what I think it is. It is. Oh, turning off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I, I just want to say this. I have this like a random point that I just want to throw in here. But this game is fucking brutal. The first time you chainsaw or whatever hook hand saw someone's fucking face and blood goes everywhere, I was just like, what the fuck am I seeing? It's yeah. And then you launch them 12 miles. much more bloody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much more bloody, which is shocking coming from Bioshock, the game where you've got like people pinned up to walls and eviscerated and stuff. I don't like... Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but, like, Bioshock did not nearly have that much blood. Like, the only way I really knew about it was because my game had a glitch where, like, I shotgun some guy, and yet his blood spatter went on, like, the opposite wall he was on. So, like, you could clearly see, like, how much blood spatter they wanted to have versus, like, I don't know, like... And it, it was like a ton. It was like, holy shit, like that wall's red now. Like what what just happened? But like I don't remember Bioshock actually having that much gore to it. Bioshock had I mean, there's grotesqueries and like corpses left and right. Yeah, dry um, blood. But and blood right. that would lead a direction. Yeah, there's like a lot of environmental blood. But this blood is different. It's not dark, dried blood. It's lighter, sort of almost playful blood, but in a way that it's like doesn't really like land. And then not only that, but they direct the camera, not like, you know, away from it, like directly at it. Like a hundred percent of the view is watching this person's neck snap in front of you. Like they didn't do that level of like killing i guess is what it is it's like they had yeah. hints at death and of horror and atrocity but they didn't just revel in the moment of snapping this dude's neck and cutting his neck off with a chainsaw yeah dude it's like gears of war level dude gears of war it is yeah. but gears of war also did the same thing where they did lighter blood you yeah know what I mean? you know what i mean where they did like lighter so almost like like the the sunlight was hitting the blood and so you're like wow how beautiful is that as i'm chainsawing someone in half it's like trying, I guess. It almost makes me wonder if they like wanted to make up for like as weak of a weapon 
as, well, I say weak in loose quotation marks, as weak of a weapon as the Skyhook is compared to, say, Bioshock's wrench. All hail. <laughs> like, the wrench. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the wrench is very effective in Bioshock 1. Like, I think we've talked about loads of time. Gabe has done a complete wrench playthrough of like, you know, it's just so effective. Don't forget Brother Adam. And yet the impact <laughs> of James the Convert. Brother Adam eventually <laughs> yeah, eventually converted Brother James to the way of the wrench. Oh, hell. <laughs> there's there's just like something about the skyhooks hits that don't feel as effective and I feel like they just tried to make it up by making these absolutely grisly execute scenes and to like make up for how ineffective the skyhook seems of like oh hey well like sure your hits don't seem effective but like hey you can hook this guy's head and just rip his head off and there's a spurt of blood and then you get this little uh, you know violin string dot wob to like really go to show the atrocities that you've done so okay I have a question is there actually a, like a mechanical reason to execute yes, people because yes. like you get the prompt to do it occasionally yes. and it okay so what is, so what is it, it is a, I think the tooltip appeared and then immediately disappeared I believe because it told me how to use I traps I think it is a clothing option but yep. it gives you 70 percent chance to regain health on execute yeah that's what it is um oh so you have to equip something for it to i believe yep. so and i assume also you get invulnerability during it but because it like doesn't resolve it's like to control of your it's control of your control so fast like you're probably going to take damage on the side of this execution so you just better be so without that i mean no i would say no Okay, so it's just like, I think this was around the time where like they were getting the tech to do dismemberment and like that was becoming really popular. So like they had to give you the option to like punch people's heads off. And the only thing you can really do is make people's heads explode in this game. Yeah. Um, and that happens if you electrocute someone or if you punch them good enough. Or if you headshot them um, with a sniper. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's exploding heads and that's about it. But I think executions were also like kind of in vogue at the time. Mm. Um but, like, there's no mechanical reason for it. It's almost, in most cases, I would say, just better to just give them a good old light slap and then they fall down. Which is actually interesting because right. it's kind of evocative of what people really love out of the modern Doom, where the gameplay is defined around trying to figure out ways you can get executions or other such things to get health back, to get ammo back, to get whatever back, to continue your flow. Yeah. And I don't think, at least on hard mode, I don't know about on normal mode, and potentially on normal mode, it's fine. But on hard mode, you'd be, maybe I'm wrong, maybe someone out there is going to disagree with me, but I think you'd be a fucking lunatic to try to be executing people all the time. I think you need to shoot them with your goddamn guns in their fucking head right away. Um, yeah, because the guns are more effective than the the right click to stun and the melee is a joke so like yeah yeah it's just it's a game with guns and there's some things that they tacked on because it's technically a bioshock game yeah and that really breaks my heart like i want to go back to the fact that they just gave a trap to everything because on a design level like in theory i could see this as being very cool saying hey people didn't use cyclone trap enough what if we gave everyone a cyclone trap all the time with every plasmid but just the fact that first uh, of all most most enemies are ranged and they don't even chase you it's like uh, yeah like these traps suck so 
I want to mention this because this is a situation in which Bioshock 2, the forbidden game, um, is actually pretty <laughs> Thank cool. Thank you, Ben Best Game. Because uh, you get Cyclone <laughs> Trap. And in addition to that, I, I believe this is how it works. It's been many years since I've played it. But you get Cyclone Trap fairly early. And you can also then hit Cyclone Trap with your other spells, plasmids, whatever. Um, and it will then infuse the Cyclone Trap with that. Okay. So you can, you know, put a Cyclone Trap down and then put a bunch of bees in it. And then when enemies walk over it, they get tossed around and there's bees everywhere. Um, and in addition to that, there were a bunch of sequences where you were to like meant to protect something. I think, right. okay. I think you could protect little sisters as they harvested Adam or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but the game had a number of sequences where you had to defend an area. Um, there's not really area defense in this game. The enemies are all, they're all ranged. Uh, you can't really predict where they're going to go because all the areas are so open, so the traps don't work also, as well. Also, the traps have a really small area. Like, people just walk by them all the time. And there's, like, pretty open hallways and open doorways, and or potentially neither a hallway nor a doorway, and it's just a goddamn field. And so you're like, well, where's a trap going to go here that I can guarantee this person runs over? So, yeah, I totally agree. In fact, even the original Bioshock had a, a number of defend-the-place uh, sequences. Where I remember setting up trap bolts all over the place and traps and cyclone traps and shit. And I felt set up and I cannot tell you how satisfying it was to play tower defense in the middle of fucking Bioshock when people ran into my traps, flew up into the air and died. That was fucking awesome. And this game does not really support much of that. I know there's people with bats that run at you or whatever, but like, dude, it's 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 like, first of all. Who's the fucking lunatic oh, yeah. who's running at you with a goddamn baseball bat? If that dude should just yeah, turn around. Shout out. <laughs> right? Shout out to the dudes in Slate's little uh, army of heroes or whatever that like, he's like, no, go kill Booker and die a hero's death. And there's like a guy who runs out with a, yeah, he's got a fucking baseball bat and Booker just like looks at him like, what the fuck? And just like launches him half across Columbia with a shotgun McCoy. because physics. Yeah, the Raiders from Fallout would like to have a word with you. The Raiders from Fallout. I know those people are fucking <laughs> lunatics, but like at least they could like in some way think maybe you don't have a gun because of the way the wasteland has come down but like dude i just hopped up on drugs yeah i guess i don't know you're right that's a little ridiculous too and maybe it's just ridiculous in general but it's just it's just it's like i love traps i love trap gameplay i love premeditation i love setting up situations where i can watch them just get wrecked and this game offers so far very very little of that yet they give it to you in your toolkit all over the place every time you get a plasmid. And let me tell you, they will warn you of how you can use your traps in the middle <laughs> of combat. See, the thing is, though, you can also get the vigor upgrade, at least for Murder of Crows, where every time you kill someone with Murder of Crows, it sets another crow trap. And the best part is the game saves your traps for when you backtrack into the area. So, for instance, going into the Hall of Heroes at the very entrance, I killed, like, five guys with Murder of Crows. There were five crow traps. So, literally, when I backtracked after getting the shock jockey, I went out into the main area and, like, immediately five crow traps just activated out of nowhere and it was glorious i was so happy because i'm like sweet i don't have to do anything just line up headshots and just keep going one by one like it was it was beautiful it was you can't see me but i am doing the italian kind of kiss of the like finger and thumb 
It We're was doing the beautiful. Oprah thing of you get crows and you get crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I just got the uh, I just got the equipment that's like whenever you kill someone who's stunned by any of your powers, it stuns everyone instead, and it's like interesting. So I'm just using uh, Bucking Bronco, and like that just means you can kill whoever you wish to, <laughs> yes, like very easily, yes. as if it was much of a challenge in the first place. So you just like do that, and then you just like walk around, and everyone's just like, "Oh golly, we sure didn't think about how to deal with this." Yep, yep, <laughs> and they can't do anything ab- about it. Like it, it's weird because it's like Booker's the only one who actually has powers. Yeah. Despite them being like commercially and, available. And them doing actually a very interesting <laughs> job. Sorry, Excuse sorry. Before just them doing a really interesting job of showcasing the plasmids before you have the combat sequences. I like in that sense, I thought they did really cool of where you're watching them in the fair and you're seeing these powers and you're thinking to yourself, and they're by the way, they're teaching you how guns work and shit. They're doing all sorts of stuff in that fair where you're like, Oh yeah. the fair was the good. fair was good, but the fair is like setting you up for like you should be interested and curious about how these plasmids are gonna play out. Do you know what I mean? And then you kind of get there and you're like, oh, never mind. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? I was just going to say, you're the only one who has powers. We haven't talked about our companion this whole time, Elizabeth. The Disney princess. (laughs) The Disney princess, Elizabeth. She who should not be facially animated well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yikes i thought i was the only one who thought like, that it, it, it's brutal but actually fair play fair play the, the animations are brutal but i actually think a lot of the scenes that they do with her or like the little like sort of impromptu stuff with her i think some of it works i think some of it doesn't work really doesn't work like the one example of like it was like two seconds into getting her she's like so do you have a boyfriend or sorry do you have a girlfriend and she's like she's like do you have a lady in your life and i'm like dude i barely even met you. Dude, I love the interaction because it shows how Booker is. It's like, so is there a woman in your life? And he's like, there was. She died. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great opportunity. Yeah, it's like, oh, you were married? Do you have a kid? I did. She died. And you're, you're like, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but that to me was like two seconds after getting her. And I was like, oh, shit, this is not working. But some of it does, though. I think yeah. some of it is cool. The other thing I hate is when I'm just spam looting. And then all of a sudden the camera whips around to her and she's like, here, catch. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think I was going to say, like, it's a part of the looting thing where it's just like, I feel like whenever I'm looting, like Elizabeth makes you insanely much more richer than you possibly ever could be. And it's I'm curious as to why the game developers decide to have her give you money as much as she does out of combat i think just because it's just like i think i know why um so i think elizabeth's whole design was basically an attempt to the whole game is you know an escort quest and everyone hates those and they were like hey let's make one but make it good somehow and how do we do that instead of making the character a burden we're going to make them help you all over the place so Elizabeth does all this nonsense to help you. It's like she's your lockpicking toolkit. She decodes ciphers. She just like throws health and salt and health and money at you and ammo and guns you need. And she, you know, opens up portals that help you out. And it's like she's just trying so hard to please. Yeah. And she's still annoying. <laughs> yeah. They they also really wanted to drive home when you first get accompanied with her. They they like put that on screen thing where it's like. Don't worry about Elizabeth. She can take care of herself during a fight, 
Right. Because I just had flashbacks to Resident Evil 4 with... Oh, God. What's her name? And if you didn't... That's what yeah, I was going to think of. if you of, didn't manage yes. her, she was getting eaten by zombies, and you're just like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like... It, it was a decision that the that the game developers had to make, right? To like make you not hate her in the way, in the sense of like I have to take care of you all the time. Um, and yes, it is nice when she comes in clutch for you during combat situations, especially when you're just shooting your gun willy nilly, and she's like ammo here, and you're like, "Yep, thank you." Didn't wasn't looking at that. Thank you. No, she just like, tosses you a whole gun, whatever, yeah, or no. like. Oh. I'm like, oh. Exactly. Um, My favorites are when you're out of combat and she's like, I found some money. And she like flicks the coin to you like through a wall, like around like <laughs> 10 um, corners. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and I just remember sitting there the whole time and I and like, call me fucking jaded. Yeah. I don't think I felt this the first playthrough, but this playthrough I was sitting there going like, I get that you're giving me ammo, but if you could give me a better reserve for my ammo then i wouldn't have to deal with this like i just like i wish you could just let me collect more ammo so that i could have it instead of like waiting on and like looking at you and she's like i'm still looking and i'm like you're the game the game could just throw me ammo whenever it wants so could you throw me some ammo i had it on the ground over there but i couldn't pick it up like hey, instead of throwing me that gun could you use it <laughs> elizabeth can take care of herself in combat oh i did enjoy how she was like you know, the first time you kill like 12 people because they attack you and she's like, you just killed some people. And then, you know, you kill 80 more people. And then later she's like, do you ever get used to killing people? And you're like, faster than I than you think. <laughs> and then you go back and you kill like 400 more people. And Elizabeth's like, hey, here's some ammo to help kill more people. No, seriously. <laughs> Elizabeth. Fast. I will say that like Elizabeth, I think, really high highlights the situation where your character has his own character. And I just feel like it's so uncomfortable when he interacts with Elizabeth early on. I'm like, dude, can you be nice to this lady a little bit? Like, just a little, dude. Just like... Also, you you super don't need to bring her back to New York to settle your debts because you can just raid trash cans and go back and pay it back in the full. <laughs> well, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> oh, that's another thing that bothers me, though, is like right before you board the first lady like she's saying like you're explained to her like oh yeah someone like you know someone was gonna take my marker in exchange for you and she's like uh-huh okay and then she's like wait why aren't we going to paris oh, yeah. why are we going to new york and i'm like lady i just described to <laughs> yeah. you that somebody wants you in exchange for like my debts to be paid honey because yeah. i owe people why? money you dipshit yeah, like dude i'm hitting you over with a head with a sledgehammer just like you're hitting me over yeah. the head with a sledgehammer like let's be on the same page here I love how all yeah. the times like she says something in Booker's like, how do you know that? Yeah. She's like, I read it in a book and you're like, oh. She's like, I spent a lot of time there in captivity. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, the catch-all narrative technique for I know shit. Anyways, here's what I'd like to say, right? Yeah. Hear me out on this. She doesn't hit you over the head with a sledgehammer. She hits you over the head with the Bioshock 1 wrench. Yeah, I did notice that. That was right? fun. And maybe yeah. that... There are a lot of homages yep. in this game. I was thinking, no, Zoe, tell me if I'm crazy, but I was thinking we end it right there. I feel like we've done a good episode. I feel like we've talked a lot about the intro here and a lot about building and just our experiences going from one to two. Do you think we move on? 
Yeah. Also, it's like, what, 11 o'clock there? Oh, well, that doesn't matter, Adam. <laughs> the podcast listeners don't know That's about that. That's behind the curtain. <laughs> we told them up front that we spent like 90 minutes dealing with audio issues. I, I say in my sleep-deprived delirium, like, we're fine. Good morning, Adam. <laughs> Anything for our two listeners. <laughs> uh-huh. But yes, I, th- I, think, uh, I think that is a good place to... Uh, to maybe place a bookmark on, you know, for for this game. And so with that, we will be playing next week from where we left off, the Fink Docks, a.k.a. the, I guess, breeding ground of the Vox Populi. Um, and we're going to play all the way until you get to Emporia or Imperium. I'll send you the name in Discord. It'll all make sense in the end. Take that, listeners. But <laughs> jokes yes. on you. I can't read. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's called. I think it's called Emporia. So, um, yeah, I think that's where we'll go. So, I guess before we leave, uh, you know, just general thoughts about how we're enjoying this game, Adam. Um, how do you feel? I'm enjoying it in general. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Um, I think that. The theming is a lot less inspired and the narrative is a lot less interesting so far. Bioshock, I think, of the Bioshock trilogy, if you will, is still the best in that regard. But again, I'm only a third of the way through. I'm still interested to see what happens. Nice. McCoy? Yeah, I think it's very interesting that we have this whole discussion and I will sit here and I will still say that I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. I do like the game i like looking around the game i like learning about it i I think i'm paying a lot more attention this time around to the backstory and to the world and um to the themes as if you could possibly miss them and i'm enjoying it i'm looking forward to it i've been having fun i think it's interesting it's it's beautiful in a lot of ways so dude i'm we're fucking out here and i'm down we out here boys (laughs) Gabe, how are you feeling? Uh, <clears throat> I, too, am enjoying it. It's you know, a game I haven't played in a few years, and similar to Bioshock 1, I remembered the beginning and the ending and forgot a large portion of the in-between. So it's fun to go back and look at that, to revisit it both just as a player but also with a more objective eye this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'll have to agree. Like, it is very nice to revisit this whole franchise, um, definitely with a more critical eye. Uh, similar to the original Bioshock, I'm trying to go for 100% boxophones and 100% kinetoscopes on my run here. Uh, and it's just very, very eye-opening for just how much, you know, each boxophone hints at the rest of the game so i'm really excited to talk about that in the future so with that i think we can call it a we can we can wrap this Job's thing done. up you can press the stop button and finally be free <laughs> <laughs> yes we, you are now i am now taking the key and unlocking your shackles adam you are free <laughs> finally i can die <laughs> boy. All right, everyone. Take care. We're playing Think Docs to Emporia. This is the Game Club Podcast. Good night.
Bye. Fuck yeah.